Welcome back to True Crime Trine. It's a podcast where the planets align. Woo! Three friends get together to chat true crime, astrology, and any other weird bullshit they can fit into this podcast. We are your hosts, Hannah, Sarah, and Meredith. We're going to Denmark. Welcome to episode 98. Hannah? <laughs> Hannah? Sarah? I don't know. How do they pronounce Sarah in Denmark? I have no idea. I'm not even going to say Sarah. the place names or anything because okay. Danish is a... It's hard. Yeah. No, I thought I thought my Russian story was difficult, but... I <laughs> did so good on that, though. I'm going to say Thank Copenhagen. You. I got that. But that's about... It's Copenhagen. Well, fuck you. <laughs> and fuck them, too. <laughs> no! <laughs> All right. Well, it's been a while. Uh, my head doesn't hurt. We're back. Any biz match in the meantime? Uh, or should we just like get into this? Because we did just talk for an hour. I don't think we have biz match. Okay. Let's get into it. I was planning to bring something different. I was going to bring an Aries murder. I was trying to fit a theme. Ooh. But I'm not model Capricorn because I do get distracted by things. And so I was watching a documentary on Netflix called Into the Deep. Have either of you seen it? No. No. Good. Because I'm basically going to recap it. (laughs) Good. (laughs) But damn, it's really good. I still suggest people should watch it. And originally, it was just going to be a documentary on the antics of this Danish inventor. But things took a dark turn during the filming. And the filmmaker was there for... All of it. So I, oh, what, yeah. I, what was actually really interesting was watching the, I wouldn't call them employees that didn't get paid, but the people that worked there and how they reacted to the fact that their boss was a psycho. It's bonkers to think about. Uh. So the Danish inventor in question is named Peter Manson. He was a mostly self-taught Danish inventor and he is still alive, but he's now just a Danish prisoner. Uh, <laughs> so fuck you. He became well-known for being an amateur submarine builder, which is not a combination of words I like to see (laughs) next to each other. Amateur, Amateur. high-pressure situation. Yep. Well, he built three midget submarines. Midget. Midget submarines. Working with like-minded people. Wait, is that that actually the term? That is the term. I've also been reading... um, a lot of gardening books for container gardening. I think some of the wor- the naming of those should probably be rethought because they're pretty much all it's, bad. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. It's like when you go to the nursery, look for plants described as blah and midget and whatever. And you're like, oh. okay. Oh, <laughs> oh dear. dear. Oh, dear. This is 2023. Let's get with it. I see it kind of starting in astrology a little bit because astrology was really focused on masculine and feminine. Sure. And people... Are starting to be like, meh. I love it. I like inhale and exhale or introvert, extrovert energy, personally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he had built three of these monstrosities that worked, I guess, whatever. The last of which was launched in May 2008. 
It was named the UC3 Nautilus, and it was still working just fine nine years later in 2017, which will become important. So building submarines began to get a bit boring for Madsen. So he moved on to becoming an amateur rocket builder. Yay, even scarier. Yes, with the goal of launching himself into space. Okay. (laughs) In 2008, he co-founded... Copenhagen Suborbitals, where he was responsible for the launch system, the launch pad, and the booster rocket engines. In 2014, he got into a disagreement with the other co-founder, and so he left Copenhagen Suborbitals and founded the RML Space Lab. Petty little bitch that he is. (laughs) Oh, just wait. He established the RML Space Lab in an old building in the abandoned shipyard that was about 85 meters away and within sight of Copenhagen suborbitals, <laughs> which is just such a, it's such a bitch move. I'm gone, but I'm not really gone. I'm still going to be here. Ugh, you can't, I'm just like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Honestly, so his, his demeanor was really starting to bother me. I knew he was a murderer, but I didn't like him as a person in this as well. Okay. And so I just, oh, I was like. This guy's rubbing me the wrong way. He just kept talking. And then when I read somewhere, he described himself as an adventurepreneur. That's stupid. Which is the dumbest fucking thing I've ever heard of. And my eyes almost rolled out of my head. I'm not interested. So y'all know about my distaste for Libras. (laughs) I was sitting on my couch telling myself that this jackass has to be a Libra. And? Joke's on me. Oh. He's a Capricorn. (laughs) Like hey, me. He's, he's ambitious. Well, yeah, he is ambitious. I'll I'll give him that. But it was a it was a bad Google for me as a Capricorn myself. For you, did you do that out loud? <laughs> no. I was like, the fuck? The normal Hannah voice, I'm expecting. No. No. <laughs> no. Could it be possible? So yes, he's a Capricorn, but there are some other energies at work there. <laughs> We don't know his moon or his rising or any of that. No, we never do. Yeah. That's the problem with this. When we started this podcast, I was hoping we'd have a lot more information. We just got to call their moms and be like, what time did you give birth to this monster? Yes. <laughs> we have birthplace a lot of the time. Yeah. We don't have time and that fucks everything up. But like you can get other planets based on that though. Like the year and the a location. Bit. The location helps a little bit. You'll not get any of the houses, though. And you won't get a rising. And the rising's the one I'm always the most interested in. Do you not get moon either from it? (sighs) It's been so long since I've done one. I think think you can get moon because moon's like moves every two days, but it's fuzzy. Ah. So it could be transiting while you're born if you don't have the time. What are you going to say? Pisces or Aries? Who knows? Oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So. Back to the story. In 2007, a filmmaker was filming Peter Madsen and RML Space Lab for an eventual documentary following the group as they attempted to beat Copenhagen suborbitals and launch their own homemade rocket before Copenhagen suborbitals was because it's a whole very messy divorce type of thing happening Mm -hmm. here. Besides Peter, there was a small group of, quote, 
interns and volunteers. And I'm not sure what the difference is between them because none of them were getting paid. (laughs) Cool. Yes. So the bulk of the group consisted of mostly young male engineers who were willing to work for Peter for free, you know, for a while. They have no obligations. And, you know, they were inspired by his renegade attitude and also the idea of sending the first private Danish rocket into space sounded cool as fuck. So, like, Mm -hmm. they were there. Like, you know, they're like 21. What else are you going to do? He was a little less easy to have as a boss because he was highly enthusiastic, but he's not a very good leader. He was self-taught, so he never really got a degree in engineering or anything like that. He found it very hard to stick to a project schedule based on safe engineering and just to stay organized in general. But overall, the volunteers and interns mostly seemed to like Peter. They were not getting the vibe that I was getting. I wouldn't, I would not be there in the first place. Yeah. And one of the volunteers would say, quote, Peter is the most epic person you'll ever meet. He's an so artist. epic. So <laughs> epic, bro. He's an artiste. Oh, okay. Yeah, you really want an artist designing your fucking rocket ship and like following <laughs> and physics. And your fucking Laws of physics. Yeah. Well, this was said by a woman who was named Sarah in the documentary. No! <laughs> <laughs> Sarah, you bitch, you're destroying the name. Oh, she's, like, I feel awful for her, to be honest. She's, like, she's young, 20-something. I imagine this was, like, one of her first ever, like, adult, quote-unquote, jobs. You're not getting paid, so I don't know what to call them, but... Mm. And, like, I could read from the beginning, like, this whole, like, boss-employer relationships. It's a little off. It's a little too... But Sarah, she's too excited and she's too naive to notice. And so she kind of gushed to the camera that her and Peter shared the same emotions, the same passions, and he supports her in all her efforts, like very excited. So there's that. Great. Hmm. I'm really trying not to see parallels here. (laughs) You see why I thought it was a Libra. (laughs) Overall, it sounds like working at RML Space Labs was, was mostly sedate engineering and manufacturing work with some occasional chaos thrown in because the face of the company was an egomaniac. Peter would describe the ultimate mission of RML Space Labs was to, quote, make dreams come true and to play in an abandoned shipyard. (laughs) He proudly stated, quote, we'll either go into history as the biggest heroes or the biggest criminals. Awesome. Yeah. I don't think your team probably agrees, but... I also don't know why you'd be a criminal for trying to make a rocket that might not work, but... Because he already knows he's a criminal. Egomaniac. Yeah. He wasn't quite yet when he said that. But, like, if he knows he has none of the qualifications to be able to be doing this thing, he knows someone's gonna die. Somehow, he's able to draw people to himself, because he was able to draw people to him and make three submarines that worked. Yeah. Which I don't even, I don't know, but. (laughs) All right, so let's go to August 2017, which was a very hectic time for RML Space Labs um, as they were running up to a deadline. And so August 26th and 27th and September 2nd and 3rd had been reserved for them to do test rocket launches in the Baltic Sea. Okay. Not so coincidentally... These were the same dates that Copenhagen suborbitals were also <laughs> going to test their rocket. What? Uh. So they had done some kind of test run with the launch pad in early August, 
that did not seem to go super great from my perspective as the bolts that were holding the launch pad together started rattling apart. Oh no. The engineers also were not really sure how Peter was planning to get the launch pad from Copenhagen to the Baltic Sea, and he didn't really have a plan there. However, at the end of the day, because there were filmmakers here who filmed the whole process, and so, you know, filmed other people talking about, oh, the bolts are coming loose. When Peter was filmed, he told the camera that everything had worked perfectly. Of course he did. So August 11th, 2017 was the day when they were going to begin to transfer all the necessary equipment to Bornholm, which is the only Danish thing I'm going to pronounce and not say correctly. (laughs) A Danish island in the Baltic Sea. I learned about geography and that's where they were going to do their test runs. And so, like I said, Peter can draw people to himself, which is why he's not just a Capricorn. (laughs) People like also come to him, (laughs) which is not what you might say about a Capricorn. So he, Peter, he's been able to fund all of these big projects through financial support from people and organizations that really saw potential in his ideas. And he's able to talk a good enough talk to get the money. And he did make three fucking submarines that worked. Yeah. So there's yeah. something in there that like, he's not stupid. I can't build a submarine. There's some Leo luck in there. Yeah. Uh, and he's a bit of a showman as well. Mm-hmm. So there's, I can see Leo for sure, but like, and the luck, yeah. But yeah, just being able to attract the right people to you is a God. different kind of skill. And a Capricorn is more of a, I'll do it myself. Cause yeah. I can, and I'm like the not best. take anything to chance because I don't trust no. other people. No, I know. I was like, no, I can't imagine working with people. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Uh, however, Stefan, uh, one of the volunteer engineers, said that by August 2017, Peter didn't have very much money left. Hmm. So, the documentary actually opens on August 11th. And so, these, like, young engineers are there, and they are arriving at RML Labs, and they're concerned because they've heard that the UC3 Nautilus is missing. Oh. Oh. They weren't even aware that Peter was going to take out the submarine that night. And then the news was also reporting that there was a journalist on board as well at the time, who they were also not aware that Peter was taking. But he did take women on dates in the submarine sometimes. Look how awesome I am. Of yeah, course he did. Yeah. This is my fucking worst nightmare. Going out a submarine. Don't go on a oh, yeah. first date with a guy. A homemade first, submarine. First, second, or third date with a guy. Just don't a... get in a homemade submarine. Yeah, that too. This wasn't a date. She was a journalist. and Okay. Her name was Kim Wall. She had been wanting to interview him, and she was gonna. she's a freelance journalist. She was going to write a piece for Wired about his kind of renegade spirit, and he made the submarines, he's making the rockets, all that kind of stuff. I feel like journalists take so many risks already. Okay, let me just tell you about Kim Wall, because Kim Wall is brave. Kim Wall would be in Florida for Pride, because she sounds really cool. And she was a freelance journalist. Forgetting. I'm not sure if she wrote anything that I could read in English, to be honest, but she went on, like, journalist expeditions to Uganda. Wow, okay. She looked at the underground techno scene in Cuba. Which sounds awesome. Wow. That's cool. Kenya and also the United States and whatnot. And so, yeah, she just was a freelance journalist that would write articles for 
whoever. And so she was interested in Peter Manson because he was very do-it-yourself energy and whatever. And he um, seems to have a charisma to him that people are interested in. (laughs) So all the young employees are like gathering at the space labs being like, is our boss dead? (laughs) What happened? I didn't even know he was taking the sub out. The submarine is somehow very important for the rocket launch because it's going to be like the control center, but I don't know why it has to be the control center. (laughs) I'm not a self-taught submarine builder. So. Because then you can't be sabotaged by someone breaking into an office and like holding it hostage. They have to to swim out to sea. (laughs) Yes, they do. Or build their own fucking submarine. (laughs) Or maybe it needed to be like, they needed it to be more remote for like coordinates or something. I don't know. Triangulation? They were doing these test runs in the Baltic Sea, probably to be away from everything else. So that might be why it had to be the control center, at least for the test launches. Okay. I don't know. I'm not a rocket or submarine scientist. (laughs) (laughs) So this is why this documentary is gripping, though, because it opens on these people being like, we don't know where our our boss is. And (laughs) then they get the news that the sub was actually seen by this bridge that leads to Sweden. And Copenhagen is very close to Sweden, I learned today. Oh, okay. That you can just take a bridge to Sweden. from. That's kind of cool. (laughs) Yeah. And so there was like a rescue hu- a helicopter flying around and they saw- they spotted the submarine. The rescue helicopter then reported that the submarine sank. Wait, dove or sank? Sank. Sank. Oh no! But the people on board were rescued, which sounded great. But then the people, their employees found out that the rescue vehicle only had Peter in it. No. And Peter said that the journalists had been put ashore the night before. Oh, no. Oh. Like, he dropped her off. He dropped her off his submarine. (laughs) (laughs) But she did not contact her boyfriend or her parents. Or work. Or anybody. Or upload her video files. Or Mm -hmm. Kim has some, a little bit Capricorn energy, but a lot more, like, better energy in her life. But, um... That same night, August 10th, was uh, her and her boyfriend's goodbye party because they were moving to Beijing the next day. Whoa. And so she was like, she left to go do this fucking interview during her (gasps) going away party. No. But like, she had the ambition. She wanted the story, you know, like. Wait, was she a Capricorn? No, she can't be pure Capricorn because she's too adventurous i don't want to just say sagittarius just because she traveled around a lot but this is this felt capricorn to me though it's like this desire this drive to get the story i might even say a little bit of arius and era jody arius nope uh (laughs) nope aries in her because she's very like she seems fiery she seems really go-getter very yeah like she doesn't she can inspire herself to do whatever she needs to do. I would never go work the day of my going away party for Right? Never in a million years. I barely want to go to work now. <laughs> and I like my job. She's an Aries. Or was uh, an Aries. Oh. That does make sense. I see. She does have that like because Aries kind of have a spark to them. Yeah. But also a very much they're very individualistic. They're the first sign of the zodiac. If you believe the zodiac builds on itself. Yeah. They're basically the first one freshly born. They have to inspire themselves to go places. 
Well, and they're very dog with a bone, right? So they're yes. like, they're not going to let something go if they've got it in them to figure it out or get the story or whatever it is. They're very, you know, focused on their goal. Yeah. I think that she probably does have some Capricorn in here because Aries are very good at starting something, but not always very good at finishing something. And yeah, that's so, true. Because they get, they're very excited. She seems wonderful, to be honest. And her boyfriend basically ended up calling the police late August 10th because he hadn't heard from her. <laughs> it had yeah. been hours. Yeah, he, she, she was supposed to come back home, you know? So, after the rescue, the uh, filmmaker was there to, like, film him coming out of the little rescue car. Uh, but he was, Peter was immediately arrested and taken into custody. And so... He was never able to actually go to his lab or anything. He was never able to talk to any of his employees or anything. He was immediately arrested and taken into police custody, which is another reason why this was a really interesting documentary, because they never got to talk to him again. Whoa. Yeah. So, like, they weren't 100% sure what happened, but they were standing by Peter for the first couple days. And so this other guy, Christopher, who was the flight director, had worked with Peter for 10 years at this point. And so he actually, he met Peter. <laughs> oh, God. Because uh, apparently he had, he had a lifelong wish to go down in a submarine, and his wife got him a Christmas present to go down in one of Peter's submarines. Oh. First of all, you would just question your whole, you want to go down in a submarine? Why? And you want to go yeah. down in this man's submarine? Oh, and now you work for him for 10 <sighs> years? I don't think Christopher got paid either. Maybe he did. He was a little bit older. He seemed more like late 30s. Christopher was interviewed for a news story the next day where he said, quote, The way I know Peter and the way he acts, if she was on board when the sub sank, I can guarantee that he helped her out first. (laughs) Okay. And so the original speculation that was going around the lab was that Kim had fallen off the sub and then Peter panicked because he lost her, basically. But, like, if you fall off of it, you're still, you're on the surface. He didn't have any life-saving, like, whatever. Can't she not swim? I don't know. Don't go on a submarine if you can't swim. This isn't what actually happened. But, like, I mean, they're trying to tell themselves some story. Something. Make make it make sense. Yeah. Okay. And then Sarah, like, tangentially even knew Kim and her boyfriend. God. And her boyfriend asked her at one point if Peter... Well, at very early in this investigation, if Peter could have raped or murdered Kim and Sarah was emphatically, no, there's no way he could do that. So next thing they find out, well, the sub was scuttled, which is a great word. Mm-hmm. Scuttle. Sunk deliberately. So it wasn't a, <laughs> it wasn't a like accident. Peter probably saw the helicopter and then sank the sub so that uh. he could be rescued. Yeah. You know? <laughs> And so he's giving the police nothing. And he's saying she died in an accident. Well, she he changed the story a little bit. He's saying she died in an accident and he buried her at sea. Wait, I thought he dropped her off on land. Well, he changed the story now. Great. And so now the story is. She's dead. She's gone forever. And You'll I never find her body. buried Great. her at sea. And so at about the first change of story, all the employees are just like, what? Oh, oh Oh, oh no. Oh no. Our boss, yeah. We've been working for a psychopath this whole time. And we didn't even notice, which is, that's the like fascinating part about this documentary 
Anyway, I love this documentary, <laughs> in case you haven't noticed. Because, <laughs> like, Stefan, basically, one of the engineers was like, why would you bury her at sea? That doesn't make yeah, any sense. Yeah. Like, if it was an accident, you know. So, that was the story for a while. That was probably August 11th. It wasn't until August 21st that a torso washed up on a beach. <gasps> no. Not a torso. So there wasn't no. a body for about 10 days. Oh. So Peter could tell his first story because there was no body. Oh, to... that, oh, I just dropped her off. That was that first one, right? Like, yeah. I just dropped her off. Oh, I buried her at sea. Once the body shows up? Well, she, or well, after? He'll have a... No, this was before the body showed up. Okay. But no one was buying her his I dropped her off story. Right. Oh, yeah. okay, okay, okay. So then he was like, an accident happened. I buried her at sea. Okay. And he would have gotten away with it, too. Was it for this meddling torso? <laughs> So the torso itself had 15 stab wounds. Jesus. Mostly in the groin. Jesus. Postmortem, they think. Okay, all right. Still, that's a lot of anger about female sexuality if you're... Oh, it's a lot. And uh, metal had been affixed to the torso in an attempt to weigh it down. And it also seemed like... All of the air had been pressed out of her lungs so that she wouldn't float. Except bloat's a thing. Yeah, bloat Yay, is microbes! A- Yay, intestinal microbes save the day again! All right. So there, a torso showed up. It doesn't completely change the story, but the knife wounds are a little bit bad. Yeah. Peter would then change his story after the torso was found, and he admitted to dismembering the body at this point. Okay. It was an accident, but I dismembered her so she could be buried at sea more efficiently. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> I'm so smart. Yes, his new claim was that she had died from carbon monoxide poisoning. What? But he didn't? No, because he was like up in the like turret and she was, de- I don't know. So there was a crime there at least dismembering the body so they could arrest him. Is it abuse of a corpse or something like that? Desecration or what have you. I'll find it. They have like a great term for it. Improper, like, use of a corpse or something. Use. Use? I don't know. That's not quite right, but I... Hannah, we know what you want. (laughs) This is still improper use of a corpse. So anyway, policemen also did a very quick DNA match and matched the torso back to Kim Wall, so they knew it was hers. Okay. It was really hitting these employees, like, oh my god, our boss just membered a body. Yeah. Like, the fuck is this? And, like, the Saturday before that happened, he had been at a birthday party with Chris, the flight manager. Oh. (laughs) And was totally chill. And then he goes out and does this on Thursday. God. Jesus. So, the autopsy basically on the torso showed that, no, she did not die from carbon monoxide poisoning. Okay. New story. He accidentally dropped the hatch on her head and she died. Oh, okay. And they didn't have the head And then to accidentally check. stabbed her a bunch of times. Because <laughs> he also stabbed lower torso, which could be partially trying to give space for all the gases that form from the intestinal bacteria some release. So he could claim it was so the body wouldn't float up. And they didn't have the head. Maybe ask her family what kind of funeral they want. Yeah. I don't know. Or, like, what uh, was in her will if she had one? Well, you know, you're on a submarine. So, Total stranger, you know. Yeah. 
So that's great. New story, no evidence. But then on October 6th, and I don't know why I thought about, I don't know why I've never thought about this, but they used cadaver dogs underwater. What? Wait, like they brought doggies on a boat and they were they like, brought sniff doggies. There, sniff there, sniff Basically, and they, <sighs> I think they might have swam with the police divers. <gasps> no way. Ah, I don't know. Swimming it's, submarine doggies. It sounds amazing. So the doggies save the day because on October 6th, police divers found two plastic bags in the bay where the Nautilus sank, basically, that had Kimwell's head, legs, oh. clothes, and a knife. Oh. They checked out the head. No sign of blunt trauma. Hmm. New story. New story. Story time. I think he stopped talking about th- about that point. Plead the fifth. <laughs> uh, is there a fifth? There's not a fifth amendment in it. I don't know. It Denmark. sounds like a lot of it is very similar to what's happening over here. It's probably like a different number. <laughs> I plead the 17th. <laughs> Something. So yeah, I think he might have stopped trying to make up stories at that point. Buddy. Yeah. And then in November, more divers were able to find her arms. Aww. So at the very least, they did, sounds like they felt the whole body, so it could be buried for the family's sake, I guess. Yeah. I think it's very nice that the police searched for like two more months after finding the head and not seeing the damage. And they kept police diving in this bay looking for more yeah i guess they probably wanted evidence too but the the head not having blunt trauma was a pretty big one like okay but now your other story doesn't match up yeah so i just took a little sidetrack real quick about a cadaver dog oh it's a specially trained english springer spaniel named Bera. oh Bera, like water pressure (laughs) yeah and this dog is so cute so this gentleman he trains he's trained over 20 dogs to basically detect human remains underwater wow yeah what powerful noses yeah there's some really cool pictures so like the first initial part of when they're searching and stuff the dog has a spot built to the front of the boat where they keep their head down and they're sniffing. Oh, just like sniffing the water? Yeah, and and they're sniffing for the gases that are coming up from the remains. Oh. Once they detect a scent, then they are trained to kind of like go back and forth and then make eye contact with their handlers. So it's actually very cool. That's really cool. I don't feel as bad for not thinking about it because you guys also never thought about using a cadaver dog for a water search. But no, I, yeah, that sounds wow. Yeah, it was pretty fascinating. So Very cool. Seems like they could do that in like lakes and rivers pretty easily too. Then yeah, old bodies they probably couldn't find because it's a little late for all the gases. But uh, sure, yeah, but like someone yeah. goes missing and like oh it, yeah, you know. I wonder. Because this was 2017, and I think I read somewhere else that this was, like, the first time these cadaver dogs were used in Denmark. They might have come from Sweden, actually, because the Swedish police were also very involved in this investigation, because she was Swedish. Uh-huh. And honestly, the submarine was, like, found by this bridge between Denmark and Sweden. It's a little mm-hmm. foggy. It's in the water. This might have been the first time that cadaver dogs were used in Denmark for an, a water search. Okay. Sorry, there's another one called 
cadaver dogs. The nose knows. The nose knows. <laughs> Sorry, I need to just close this page. <laughs> so, um, they were never really able to determine a cause of death based on the pieces that they found, which kind of left things kind of open for Peter. On January 16th, 2018, Peter Madsen was charged with murder, indecent handling of a corpse, and sexual assault. Okay. But, while the groin stabs led them to sexual assault. But, there really was no forensic evidence here. And so the defense was arguing for a six-month sentence for dismemberment. Uh, Because they don't have a cause of death? They don't have a cause of death. They just know that it wasn't blood force trauma. Yeah, or poisoning, but like... He was the only other fucking person on the submarine. Yeah. (laughs) Like, who the fuck else did it? No, they're still saying the defense is arguing it was an act. Maybe she had a sudden heart attack. That doesn't explain. Yeah. Hmm. Well, and then and then he panicked, dismembered the body. So okay. he does deserve a jail sentence for dismemberment. And I did find the charge I was looking for. So the prosecution obviously wants life in prison, premeditated murder, indecent handling of a corpse, as well as sexual relations other than intercourse of a particularly dangerous nature. Interesting. Yes. I don't I don't quite know about that one. That just sounds like a really long way to say necrophilia. Yeah. Who's it dangerous for? The person who he had to kill in order to be a necrophile. But by yeah. the time we got to that part, she was dead. But I don't like, know. It's bad. If he gets it's off bad. on the killing. I I argue it's bad. I I agree. <laughs> I just if he gets thought- off on the fact that they're dead, then like they I don't just, have an aversion to dead bodies. That's that's already wrong. There's yeah. another little story that came out that he may have just lain in the submarine with her dead body for about two hours. Ew. Oh, no. The trial's going on. The documentary filmmakers actually called as a witness. Okay. She was there the whole time. And then Sarah is having a lot of anxiety about this at this point. Yeah. Yeah, Sarah. Yeah, she's... She does not want to try to be a witness. She has a bit of PTSD because she feels like it might have been her because of this stupid text. And so she's told the filmmaker, quote, I still don't want to see Peter as an evil person, but the way he did it, it's not a panic reaction. Calculated to cut off limbs, press air out of lungs. Yeah. Am, Am I actually crazy for not seeing this coming? Were there signs that I didn't notice? So. Wait, were they involved? No, but. Then why is she blaming herself like that? Because earlier that week, they had like a jokey relationship, I guess. So earlier that week, she had texted Peter, can't you send me some little death threats that maybe I can get this work done faster? I'm working so slowly, dot, dot, dot. Oh my God. Which says a bit about the casualness of this relationship. And, um. I would never ask my boss for that, and my boss sent me back a death threat. We're going to have problems. So Peter sent back, Ha ha! You must be bound in the Nautilus. I bind you to pierce you with a skewer. Then the pocket knife comes forward. What? I'm looking at your Like narration? Not like, okay, if you don't finish this by this time, then then we're- And these are all separate texts popping up. I'm looking Uh, at your throat, dot, dot, dot. Where is the pulse? I have a- 
parentheses, murder plan ready, which is a great pleasure. We're going to make a movie with you, and now you have no choice. No, now we're going to cut you into pieces. No. Not okay. No. They had a weird relationship. That's so creepy. I don't exactly know what you do with that. You Like, she thought it was more of a joke, I guess. No. How old was she? She looks very early 20s. Yeah, that's predatory and creepy. It's and predatory. So okay. Well, the other reason that she has PTSD is because Peter invited her out on a submarine for a submarine ride on the 11th. No. That was the same day. He went out that night. August 10th with Kim Wall because he like texted her and she said yes but he had already asked Sarah to go out on the 11th which made it seem very obvious that he might have tried to kill her yeah like he was planning for Sarah but he would take any woman maybe Kim was a trial run I think Kim was just the first like he had the plan and then she said because he texted her to say I'll give you the interview And she said, Mm. I'll give you two hours tonight. Well, that's what I mean. Like, maybe his intention was for Sarah, but he wanted to, like, I don't know. He's an engineer type person, so maybe he wanted a trial run. Practice run, run, yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe, but I don't see how he would ever get Sarah on the submarine after all this, but. He thought he would get away with it or something. I guess. Or that, like, he wouldn't immediately have been caught. Or something went terribly wrong with the submarine, like, she fucked something up on it in their struggle. Yeah. Because, I mean, did it say why it was disabled? Aside from the fact that, like, he sunk it. But, like, was there other mechanical issues? Because maybe no. he thought he could just, like, come back in and, like, nobody would even ever have no. known. Yeah, that reporter gave her blah, blah, blah. And then I I think his home. original idea was always to sink it. But the engineers themselves were like, oh, he opened so-and-so valve. That's the easiest way to sink this thing, which is what happened. And he hmm. also asked a lot of women to go out on the submarine, and Kim Wall might have been the first that just ended up there. Okay. And he had a plan. He might not have cared so much about which woman, but he was definitely grooming Sarah. Stefan, our friend Stefan, the engineer, was uh, was like, you know, like earlier that week, I had been just talking with Peter about the rocket, you know, engineership. And all of a sudden, Peter brought up a website where you can see victims from murder scenes, people being decapitated. Very out of the blue to Stefan, who said, what the heck are you talking about? So that was a surprise. And then Peter's laptop was eventually taken. They didn't take it right away, but they found- Fucking why? I don't know. They probably had to get like a warm- for oh. proprietary information. That actually might. That's a good point. Well, they found videos yeah. of fetish, torture, killing, things that have, not of Kim herself, but of videos that seem. That showed like what he's into. To be pretty real. Totally and of. I have seen someone die on the internet, so I, 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 can, oh. I can see this kind of stuff. Snuff films. Oh, yeah. You've watched a snuff film, Hannah? No, I watched a journalist being burnt alive video oh Oh. fuck oh my god which was bad enough but like peter would say that the hard drive wasn't his it was stefan's 
Because Stefan, oh, no, because Stefan basically lived at RML Labs because he yeah. could afford an apartment because he wasn't getting paid. And so he's yeah. like, oh, Stefan's there all the time. Stefan put those videos Jesus. on my computer. And once Stefan heard that, Stefan's like, fuck you. Fuck, fuck you. you. I was already going to testify, but fuck you even more. So it also came out that about 8.20 a.m., the day before he went out with Kim that night, he had Googled beheading, <gasps> girl, <gasps> and agony. No. Oh, my God. And agony makes it worse. Agony. He wanted her agony. to be in pain. Yeah. You Googled that. Beheaded girl's enough. Yeah. And there was a video that had been watched very a lot that day of a woman, an unknown woman who was dying from having her throat slit. Oh. I guess they probably couldn't tell if her throat was slit because head, torso... We might be missing part of it. Jesus Christ. Because they never really did get a a cause of death. Yeah. So Kim's last texts to her boyfriend are super sad. And so, like, because she had left the party. She's like, I'm going to go interview this guy two hours. I'll be back. We're going to go to Beijing. It's fine. And so her last text to her boyfriend was, quote, I'm still alive, BTW. (sighs) But going down... But going down now, I love you. He brought coffees and cookies, too. That's sad. Yes. It is extremely sad. And um, I don't... It's a little... Since it was in Denmark, I'm not really sure here. If she was alive during the stabbings or not, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know that at all. But... It sounds probably like he wanted to hear... I think so, and at least probably some of the sexual abuse happened while she was alive. Yeah. And they, like, had reanalyzed the torso, and it actually had 37 puncture or stab marks in it. Oh my god. Jesus. That's too many. Yes. Out at the medical evaluation that they did on Peter the day that he was quote-unquote rescued, he did have deep scratches on both of his forearms. Oh. And dried blood belonging to Kim Wall in his left nostril. Ew. Yes. Like arterial sprayed? Yes. Okay. And he probably washed his face, but it was inside. In his nose. The nose. So. Jesus Christ. But like, cause of death. Still inconclusive. There's an, we need evidence to prove intent. So in the end, Sarah did go to court with the text, which is like hella intent. Good. Yeah. Before she came, though, the um, a newscast reported that he, uh, Peter, grinned as he told the court that he doesn't see how it matters because she was already dead in regard to a question about desecrating a corpse. Uh, that's he, the whole fucking point. He also point. still thought that was the only charge that they were re- going to be able to get him with. Oh, Jesus. And a mental exam also found that he was a pathological liar. With a serious lack of empathy, remorse, and guilt. Mm-hmm. So it does cut in a lot of weird shit that Peter had said over the year that he was being filmed. Mm-hmm. But none of it's like, I'm going to kill someone. <laughs> it's it's very, it's just very like, it's an interesting documentary. Okay. So one of the things he told the filmmaker was, you're going to die anyway. It's just a matter of how much pain. Ew. Also, quote, 
Your life will end in downfall no matter what you do. The only thing we can do is make a little bit of fun on the way to that downfall. All to make the most spectacular possible downfall. No. Uh, no. Yeah. On April 25th, 2018, Peter Mazden was convicted of all three charges, including the murder, and he was sentenced to life imprisonment, which is a big deal in Denmark because there's apparently only 25 people. Yeah, I think they, I think they pretty strongly believe in rehab. Yeah, so like, okay. yeah, so like, it's a, it's a big fucking deal that he got this. He's a danger to society. Well, he definitely is a danger for society. In October 2020, he did a brief escape from the prison after no. he threatened a prison employee using a, quote, pistol-like object and telling them that the, he had a bomb belt and they, they don't Believed tell him. Believed him? Well, they said it was a psych. A psychologist, so not like a prison employee, perhaps, so might have been a little more gullible. He only got about 500 meters from the prison before he was captured, but... <laughs> and not shot. Not shot. It is Denmark. Let's just go to this last comment. So this is about 11 months before the murder, and it was one of the first times that the filmmakers were there. And so they had been talking about his whole deal with Copenhagen suborbitals, it's you know a, a rough subject for him mm-hmm. and then they kind of you know wrap that up they're like we'll never ask you about this again it's fine and then peter's just on the camera and he's just really casually talking and he says quote one perspective would be and this is just as much me asking you as ordinary people like not as a journalist you're aware of the fact maybe that psychopaths exist among us Human predators that walk around and grabs people and use them, throw them out, use, and maybe stalk them afterwards, and so on. There are human predators among us. And he continues, and psychopathic people are often very charismatic. They're excellent speakers. They're convincing. They they are having illusions of self-grandeur and have no regard for anyone else. And then keeps going so there is the possibility that you've simply come upon a human predator and i wouldn't know because do the psychopath know that he's a psychopath i'm not sure so that was something he just told a random person about 11 months before the murder <laughs> okay it also seems like he seemed pretty sure yeah also the film evidence actually played a, a role in his conviction as well the filmmaker had filmed on August 10th. She did a little, like, talking head interview in the, the laboratory themselves. And in the background, you do see this uh, orange-handled wood saw. And, oh. the, and then when oh. she films again the next day, when they're like, what happened to Peter? It's not there anymore. Oh. oh. Even on the 10th, like, they had come over to film a little bit. And he just brought this up super randomly. If you were accused... Why should you say anything? Why would I be open to people who are interrogating me? Hell no. I have the right <laughs> to remain silent. <laughs> we must okay. have been thinking about it a little bit. Yeah. What's on your mind, sir? Well, the and the prosecution did ask, why did he, like, wait, change his story so many times? And his fucking answer in court was, I am holding back my explanation until your evidence means I have to tell you what death she suffered. How she died until you can prove what happened. Discovery has forced the truth to come to light. Fuck off. Fucking bitch. So, he was sentenced 
to life imprisonment. Good. <laughs> it helps Sarah went to a therapist. Chris, Stefan, like, they were all very broken up about the whole thing. Yeah. I mean, Chris had known him for 10 years. And he was just like, he said, the Peter that I knew for 10 years and the Peter who went down on the 10th and came back up on the 11th, that's two different people. Mm-hmm. Which I do not agree on. But he, yeah. kept, he kept saying, I find it scary that we as human beings can have this duality in us. But I find it equally scary that I didn't see it. The only yeah. consolation I have is that nobody else saw it as well. So there's that. But it definitely wasn't two different people. And he finally did what he wanted to do. Yeah. And then in this on a slightly better note, after her death, Kim Wall's family and friends founded the Kim Wall Memorial Fund, which basically like raises money for um, female reporters to go out and do like, you know, in-depth reporting of important shit and whatnot. So that's cool. I think that, yeah, that's super cool. They also wrote a book about it but like i like the i like the memorial fund and like supporting her work within the next female journalist and whatnot so that is what i have can there be a caveat of like a bodyguard with her everywhere she goes i don't know if that's in there but i i don't know i just sent you guys a link to an article because i just remembered this article i don't know when i came across it it's been a little while but about the quality Mm. of prison life in denmark it's literally entitled quote the danish maximum security prison where well-being comes first so i would just want to read this caption for one of the cells it says the sleek and bright cell design includes a 3.1 meter tall barless window and an ensuite bathroom clad in <sighs> ceramic tile. Fuck you. And I'm going to say, the that bathroom was nicer than the bathroom I had when I was renting the basement apartment. This actually looks like a nice place to be. It's almost honestly. like, I guess it's Americans were like, that's a nice apartment setup. Right? And then it says the Danish government stipulates that 1.5% of building costs of any public project, so any public project, should be set aside for art, even in prisons. They have an activity house? They've got gardens. They've got... They have a swing? Yeah. But like, what if once a day they had a mandatory nail clipping where someone clipped their nails just a little bit too short? That would be great. Like, you get all this, but also, here's your Here's bit like one... Or like... A little hangnail. Yeah. Yeah. Something. Something that at least... One thing a day that you get to not look forward to as your punishment. Like plucking out one eyelash. You don't... Like with a hangnail, you don't forget about it. It's like they're poking at you the whole time, but... You have to stub your toe once a day. I'm at the bottom of this article where it says, A background concern lingers, though, that there is a risk in making a prison environment so pleasant it becomes appealing. (laughs) Yeah, like... I really need a vacation from life. So yeah. I'm just gonna murder some people. Or like, I just need a fucking place to live. That's a nice apartment. Guaranteed they'll house me for life. Yeah. It may take years to evaluate the impact of such a design. So we'll see. But yeah. It is very, it is very nice. <laughs> it is super nice. <laughs> That's really frustrating. Oh boy. Probably most of the people. Well, no, this is a maximum security prison. So maybe everyone there sucks. I don't love that this is what Peter is living. Yeah, I don't like this at all. But I will say he's probably vastly unhappy there, though, because he can't 
be the inventorpreneur that he wants to be. Yeah. All right. I have a little bit of astrology. Ass news. Ass news. So on the 19th, we got an eclipse. New moon, solar eclipse, fun new eclipse. It's an Aries. It's a new moon. We're still in Aries season, so it's an Aries new moon. We also got the eclipse energy, which is with the like kind of the the youngness and like maybe not thinking of the consequences. Aries energy plus the eclipse energy. Like, who fucking knows what you're going to want to do? It's also not visible in our North American area. But we can still feel the, like the energy. Right? So, all right. I think Australia yeah. gets like almost all of our eclipses, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. So in Aries, eclipse energy, it's all fight the system. I think I need to start giving money actually towards those charities that are trying to get people out of prison for weed. Yes. Fighting the system. Fuck you guys. So there's that. <laughs> There's a lot of wild energy happening, maybe a little uncontrolled, a little bit of like, you're not my mom energy, so, you know. <laughs> On the next day, Taurus season begins. With- Bath time! And I want to start gardening. I should buy my containers and put some tomato plants out, because that's yeah. around my house. Taurus is very homebound, which is my life. I love home. Yeah. Facts, candles, plants. Oh, yes. Cooking. Yes. Treating yourself. I love buying that expensive all of that. Whatever the fuck because you want it. So, Taurus season, I'm going to go to Buckhorn and get myself a nice, delicious steak. But yes, it's time to make home super cozy, start your little garden, uh, get a house plant. Buy some new uh, lounge pants. Definitely get yourself a nice bath, some Epsom salts, buy a new candle. Ugh. I'm leaving soon. We might be able to get a listener to actually write in if I say there's a house plant that might get shipped to them. <gasps> Ooh. I want some of your plants. Yes. But like I got some rare boys. Yeah. You really do. <laughs> I've got I've got like $2,000 worth of plants. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you're not taking all of them. Like, no, no, no. I'm taking some. You're of them taking some me. of them. Like, okay, yeah, yeah. But like, there's some that I'm just like, I, I love. That's you, gonna be difficult. Not. Yeah, yeah. Are you not driving? Oh yeah. I think you said I've seen you're driving. And oh I was like, no, what? my plants won't make it across the country. No, I said assume you're driving, which <laughs> yes, limits yes, the amount driving. of plants. You got two cars, but Kirk's is very small car for a very large man. Tall, not fat. Um, it's a, it's small. Full circle. It's small. <laughs> um, there's just not like a ton of room. You can't bring all your plants with you. That's impossible. Yeah. Yeah. So it is the perfect time. If you want a very nice house plant, tour season opening up. Sarah has so many. I might have a giveaway if someone wants to write in. Oh, uh, write in, folks. It's great. Uh, she has wonderful plants. You can actually write in on Twitter at True Trine, on Instagram at True Crime Trine, Facebook, TCT Podcast. You can email us directly at truecrimetrine at gmail.com. I will say Mercury is going in retrograde on the 21st. So Ugh, email us again <laughs> if we don't get back to you. But, we'll, you know, it's a... And be patient because shipping... Plants, shipping plants out of state. Like I have to, I have to clean the roots. They have to be shipped bare root. Oh my god! Uh, yeah, soil is an issue. 
I can see. I can other, see like, that. Depending though. on where it's going, it, yeah, it please just within the the U.S. I don't have customs forms for shipping this. Continental U.S. Please, <laughs> but I will vouch for Sarah. Has some very expensive rare plants. On that note, bye. Bye. <laughs> bye. Music for our podcast was handcrafted by the talented and creative minds of Mike Warren and Pete Ortega. Our artwork was imagined and skillfully designed by the lovely Sarah Guest. As for production, well, they call me post-production. Show notes are available upon request. Just email truecrimetrine at gmail.com. Join us again next week for another tantalizing episode.